But what we believe in is on responsible innovation, responsible in sense of taking care of the environment, taking care of the value chain, taking care of your employees, uh, reducing transportation, energy emissions, etc., the use of chemicals and using responsibly. Welcome to Mindful Businesses, presented by Sarani, and I'm your host, Padia Ayer. In our podcast, we bring to you brands which are mindful in their practices and processes. A mindful business adopts and employs sustainable social, economic, and environmental practices. Today we have with us Adriano Lopez Velarde and Marte Cesares, co-founders of Desertos Vegan Cactus Leather, a new favorite for luxury. They join us from Guadalajara, Jalisco. Welcome Adriano and Marte. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cactus is a very important part of Mexico's rich culture, heritage and cuisine. Could you talk about how important it was to the indigenous peoples of Mexico and in everyday modern life now? Absolutely. Um, so cactus is indeed a, an important element in Mexican diet. It's been part of our traditional dishes uh, since uh, hundreds of years. And um, although it is very traditional and uh, native for our Mexican cuisine, um, there is a huge surplus of it given the, the conditions of the climate here in Mexico. Actually, we, where we have our cactus plantations, which is in central Mexico between the state of Zacatecas, Aguascalientes, San Luis Potosí, in that region is where the highest concentration in the world of this cactus species is present. And um, I, I will also like to add that... Uh, because it's very easily harvest, uh, well, grown and harvest. It is also um, a very basic uh, cultivation type for the agricultural sector in Mexico. I don't know if many people know, um, Mexico City was formed as a legend goes. Correct, yeah. It's uh, so ingrained even in the creation of cities in Mexico. That's correct. Um, it also has a, a very symbolic meaning for all of us Mexicans as it is in, in the present in the in our national flag you can see an eagle standing over a cactus where uh, the Aztecs were looking for a place where to establish their capital city and um, the story says that the gods told them that they should establish their city where they see or they find an eagle standing over a cactus eating a, sn a snake so they found it in the in the valley of Mexico, where Mexico City now is constructed on. How did you two meet? Well, we both met in Taiwan, in Taipei City, when we were 19 years old. We were both studying their different things. I, Marte, I was studying the Chinese language for two years. And Adrian, he was working there in the furniture industry for about eight years. We got some friends in common and they introduced us in one day out of a bar. So we just met there and we figured out that we were both Mexicans. So it was really interesting for us because there are not too many Mexicans in Taipei City. So we met and we just started talking and we figured out also that we were born in the same date, same month. And same year, 
So since this day, we became good friends and we just keep the, that relationship until we start our own business here in Mexico. How long ago was that? We met in 2011. So it was nine years ago. Yeah, so you guys are pretty young still. Yes, we met when we were 19 years old, we, we, we both. And now we both are 28 years old. What was your background? You learned Chinese and you were in Taipei. Both of you were in Taipei and he was in the furniture industry. So what did you guys do after that, before you started Desertos? Well, uh, as for me, Adrian, I was working in the automotive industry here in Guadalajara City and uh, Marty was in the fashion industry at the same city. So were you both designers or engineers? Well, uh, in the automotive industry, uh, me, Adrian, I, I started to work as a Chinese, English, Spanish interpreter, translator. And then, uh, of course, I, I was in so many different areas, which mainly involve uh, engineering departments and uh, manufacturing. So after some time, I, I started to work as the, the key holder of some of uh, accounts, and so I was deeply involved into into manufacturing and handling uh, pretty much all the logistics and uh, the production chain of the products that I was uh, in charge of. And that was for the for the automotive industry. And in the furniture industry, I was in charge of um, researching and developing uh, sustainable alternatives or exploring new technologies out there in the market, which could replace conventional textiles and uh, fox leather, leather, etc. And what about Marte? What did you do? Well, well, when I was in Taiwan, I was only learning the Chinese language. Then I came back to Mexico to did my degree in international business. After I did my degree, I started working in the company in the north of Mexico that was working with Aloe Vera products. Uh, and I was uh, in, in the international sales department. So I was going to different expositions and different shows around the world to offer new su sustainable alternatives made by the Aloe Vera. After that, I started working in a Mexican company that was involved in the fashion industry. That brand was doing bags, wallets, straps, watches. So in this area, I was also involved in the in the research and development, new fashion trends, and also in sales. So I was I was involved uh, in a, in a full time in the fashion industry here in Mexico for about two or three years. And you know, and most of our listeners know that the fashion industry is the second largest polluter in the world. Yeah, we were both working with fabrics, with textile. So once we met again here in Mexico, we started talking of the materials we were both using. So we just said in common that we didn't want to support this industry as it works now with this kind of fabrics because the pollution, it's really, it's really big. So we want just to make a change and develop a new product. Let's talk about your journey, how you arrived at Cactus. What were the other materials you tried? For instance, people use bamboo or avocado. What other raw materials you tried to finally arrive at Cactus? Right. <clears throat> so we both identified this um, environmental problematic in, in the automotive and in the fashion industry, furniture industry as well. We wanted to, to find a solution which was viable, 
which was scalable, which complied with the quality and in terms of technical mechanical standards while being highly sustainable. Being in Mexico, as, as, as we, we were mentioning, cactus is a, a very symbolic plant of our I mean, national identity. It is very abundant in Mexico. So when we were um, figuring out which plant we were going to base our R&D to develop this sustainable material, at first it uh, made a lot of sense to, to do it uh, on cactus, but, but we didn't know if it was going to be possible or how to do it. So we started an intensive R&D. We had to quit our jobs and focus. Uh, we spent about two years doing R&D, and uh, we know that in, in, in the world there are about 1,400 species of cactuses. Here in Mexico, we have uh, 669. And so we, we started to research the ones that were present here in Mexico and, um, and evaluate which ones will be more viable for an industrial process. So from the 669, we narrowed those uh, to the most abundant and um, viable for the kind of uh, industry that we were going to need it. And so we ended up with the Opuntia ficus indica family. And uh, within that species, uh, it's also it shares an industry, which is the food industry. But um, here in Mexico, there is a surplus of, of this cactus. Not just, um, I'm not even considering wild-grown uh, cactus, but the ones that are planted. Um, it is uh, very economically plantation, uh, as it doesn't need any, any irrigation systems. It doesn't need any, any herbicides or pesticides, fertilizers. So it's of very easy harvesting access to all agricultural sector. As I, as I mentioned, it is a traditional and typical uh, source of aliment for Mexicans, but um, most of it is not sold for human consumption. Um, it is sold for animal aliment, and uh, in in some other cases, is not even harvested because the production is much more larger than the demand. So what you're trying to say is that I can still get my nopal in my grocery store and you're not taking my nopal Exactly. Away. There is no conflict between the food industry and uh, the fashion industry in which we um, incorporated this uh, noble cactus as our feedstock. Why? Because, um, first of all, we have a, a ranch where we cultivate our own cactus and uh, these plantations are certified as organic. And so... We don't have to rely on other suppliers to the food industry or we don't even um, interfere in, in the wild uh, flora. We just focus on what we have in the ranch. We control it. And uh, there is a part of our process which is not uh, useful for, for our industrial application. So that uh, those remainings are, are directed to the food industry. And, and we, of course, plant more and more. So far from, from taking resources from food industry, we contribute to the plantation of more cactus, which uh, part of it is going to be directed to that industry. And so it is very important to mention that our cactus plantations are perennial. Uh, cactus is a perennial species. It means that uh, it, will, it will be there for about eight years or more. And um, it is very, it is the opposite from like corn, 
plantations would have to be harvested and well planted and harvested every every year. This is this is annually, and so uh, there is little land use change in in our farm. The lands were acquired originally open to plantations, so we didn't have to cut any trees. And as the species that we plant are native and typical of the region, uh, there is actually no impact in the biodiversity. And being organic, it is actually a very interesting place where wild uh, fauna like hawks uh, find um, aliment within our, our our ranch so we enrich the microflora microfauna and this becomes aliment to the native species of the region too and i think the part that you said that it does not alter the flora and fauna where it's growing by you growing more of it or you harvesting it for instance i saw a documentary about the avocado and the amount of water that it consumes and how it's devastated some of the communities there. So I think what you're doing is important that you picked a product which does not, which is useful for you and works for you and also doesn't alter the environment and the communities that depend on grow these uh, cactus. Correct. And um, talking about water, um, cactus is a crassulation acid metabolism plant, a CAM. And uh, different from C3 class uh, plants, which are not the, most of the plants which work uh, during daytime with sunlight, uh, generating chlorophyll, absorbing carbon dioxide and emitting oxygen. Cactus does that process during nighttime. And so during the morning, uh, it opens its stoma and absorbs the, the water present in the morning dew. So it has a, a system of very efficient system of absorbing and maintaining this water. And, um, and of course, it also does the CO2 absorption and the generation of oxygen. But uh, since the metabolism is quite different, to create one kilogram of biomass of cactus, we only need 200 liters of water. But these 200 liters of water are absorbed by the plant itself through its hydroscopic uh, systems. So so you're not watering the plant? No, at all. Okay. Exactly. And this is the opposite from the other plants, which need, uh, like C3 class species, need at least 1,000 liters of water to create the same kilogram of biomass. So it is a water reduction and also autonomous of the plant. And uh, this is very remarkable. This is something that uh, we, are, we are very impressed with. Uh, of working with cactus because besides being very resilient and resistant to, to uh, insects. And that's why we don't have to use any herbicides and pesticides and its capability of growing fast. And uh, with, with so few resources, uh, the strength it has, it, it's, it's a, uh, it's like the ideal uh, feedstock for, for many applications. I wanted to ask you a question about the harvesting process. Is it mechanized or is it labor intensive and, you said that you are not you're not taking the cactus away from the food industry. What happens to the plant after you have uh, cut off the leaves? So the the plantation is is not labor intensive. That would be against our code of conduct. To cultivate cactus, you only need like to cut one leaf of a already mature cactus, and that leaf you place it over the soil, put it in in like a, in a vertical position and then it will just uh, start to grow mm. it, it's it's like a, it's highly re- reproducible and and for the plant when when we cut the mature leaf 
the plant is left undamaged. So every six uh, months to seven, eight months, the small leaves are going to become mature. So that's the that's why there is no damage to the plant. I mean, it's perennial. It will last for years. Same plant is going to keep giving us raw material. Right now, uh, for the 40 acres that we are cultivating, we only rely on one tractor because uh, we only use that one when when we have to plant more. But um, they already plant and producing leaves. Uh, yeah, people just go there. Our agricultural team cut the mature leaves, put it into uh, like a, 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 tra- a tractor uh, that has a wide space to to place all these leaves at, then the tractor transport it to, to a facility where it's clean and then process. So it's almost like getting a haircut. Yeah, exactly. It is like a haircut, yes. <laughs> If you compare your cactus vegan leather to the leather industry, the amount of water that is consumed in just feeding the animal is about 1,800 gallons over the lifetime. And then you get a hide of, say, 100 square feet, about, you know, 30 square meters, you know, something like that. And um, then you have to tan it. There's water used in the tanning process, a lot of chemicals used in the tanning process. Yes, the difference of the process that we use that, that the animal there has is really different because we take into consideration the, so the four important areas in the footprint of the materials. So the first one, as you mentioned, is the water reduction in all the process of the cultivation and the process of the leather of the cactus. So the second is the chemicals used in the process. So the third is the waste that this process could make. And the fourth one is a plastic reduction of those. So, so taking into consideration these, these four important footprint areas, we could say that the process has a really, really lower footprint. I've had many brands which work with vegan leather, but they are petroleum-based often, or they use plastics to recycle the existing plastics that's there. But yours doesn't use plastics, of course. The people who do use leather and they have factories which use safe tanning processes say that their leather is better than the petroleum-based vegan leather. And the reason they say is that the leather biodegrades, whereas the petroleum-based ones take much, much longer to biodegrade. How long does your cactus vegan leather take to biodegrade? First of all, I would like to mention that It is argued that the skin or is a byproduct of the meat industry, and it's argued that environmentally the tanning industry is simply converting a product that would otherwise go to a landfill. And from an environmental view, not vegan, this argument is valid, where uh, it's not uh, a tremendous environment harm from the tanning industry, which causes worldwide, as you were mentioning. We know that chromium tan leather is the most popular and, uh, form of producing leather these days and one of the most noxious ones. Uh, it relies on toxic sludge of chromium salts and tannic liquor, etc. And there's little control of where this waste ends up. We have to, to also remark that leather, after being tanned and treated, um, is, is not biodegradable just because its it original came from an animal. After all the chemicals that are input into these materials, it uh, actually affects the capability of the material to biodegrade. And not just mention that, but um, 
it uh, it has these all these toxic substances which uh, far from being biodegradable affect soil and the environment overall the atmosphere it releases like the chromium salts and tanning liquors and uh, all the heavy metals present in the, in leather after tan in most cases uh, which is like 90% of production worldwide it it does it affects the capability of leather of being biodegradable and all these substances are far from biodegrading are going to affect soil and the atmosphere emitting vapors etc so um in this sense, we have to evaluate the sustainable aspects of each of the materials. We have uh, plant-based material like ours. There's fox leather that's been around for many years, and there's leather, of course. Uh, well, we know that fox leather is even more sustainable than animal leather, never mind that it's free of, um, of animal cruelty as well. And then plant-based uh, materials, which are alternatives to the other two ones, have a lower environmental impact. Why? Because these are made of in a big proportion out of plants, which are reducing the chemistry use and, uh, of course, uh, water consumption, which the greater uh, player that uh, uses the most water is the, the animal uh, leather as um, you have to take into consideration all the water and aliment that is consumed by cattle from the day it's, it's born. And uh, in terms of, um, of performance, we, we have tests that direct that our material, uh, Deserto, is as resistant as a uh, fox leather. Uh, in some tests, even more resistant than it. And, how um, does it compare? How does it compare to animal leather? To animal leather, actually, we have some advantages and in, and and some disadvantages. The advantages is that our material it's uh, breathable. It used to be the only the unique competitive advantage of leather that it, it's breathable and, and and cooler than fox leather. Well, we have achieved this uh, breathability thanks to the the cactus fiber. Uh, presence within the material that allow uh, airflow through it and uh, it cools it down. It also dissipates heat. So we know that our material is, um, in that aspect, is very similar. Our material is also very resistant to liquid spills, which uh, leather in most cases isn't. Um, leather has to be treated with more care uh, in terms of water spills and oils. Otherwise, it will be affected. And um, our material is very resistant to it. Our, our current materials in, in, in line are water resistant. Now, we can make waterproof materials, but these are made upon customer request, like a, for a boat or a yacht, something like that. We can make it, uh, but it is not something that we always keep in stock because of the degree of specialization for, for, for making this material. And... Um, it is important to mention, too, that our materials count with um, a protein from cactus that we know that this protein is very um, it's very useful in the makeup industry, in the concrete, in the construction industry, um, uh, as they use it as a natural adhesive, which also has uh, impermeable properties. So it makes uh, concrete much more resistant towards humidity. And uh, in makeup industry, it works as a natural adhesive that is not uh, harmful to skin, is not an irritant. 
So it's also used in the food industry as a protective layer of, of fruits and vegetables that uh, gives a longer life in shelves to, to these products. So um, in this sense, in our material, it gives us adhesive and impermeable properties which come naturally from this cactus plant. And uh, so we don't need to use or rely uh, chemicals, synthetics, mm-hmm. and uh, so far our materials account with a level five out of five of uh, water and humidity resistance. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's it's something remarkable that we we were able to achieve from from cactus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you both material scientists, material engineers? How two people who are learning Chinese in Taipei come up with this idea, patent it? and develop this very versatile product? Well, although we didn't go to college to study uh, like uh, chemistry or, or, or textiles, we worked uh, accidentally. I mean, it was destiny. We were involved in, in, in these industries and at engineering levels. And so uh, when we identified the problem, then we started to rethink how to solve this problem and how to to develop something viable and useful for the industries, and of course there were many interrogatives that we couldn't um, we couldn't make by our own, but uh, that's why we we started to gather a, a large group of experts in different fields like agriculture, in chemistry, in nanotechnology, in textiles, and so we all got together and uh, we put the the idea on the table and say well. Let's. This is the idea. We can make this happen, and uh, if we all put our our knowledge together. And at the beginning, there were um, some, uh, like uh, from the engineer side, they they were very skeptical about it. They said that uh, it wasn't viable. And uh, but we all tried, and every time we tried, we end up with a better result and a better result. So in a time frame of like two years. We ended up with uh, hundreds of different tests and developments until we finally achieved a commercial grade material. That's how we made it. It's been a, a work of R&D of many people involved, experts in different fields. What else is there in this cactus? Is it 100% cactus? You mentioned that they have a binding agent yeah. in the cactus. So. Is there anything else that is added other than maybe color? You know? Sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, so what we develop here, it's a bioresin. It's a bioresin that can go on top of a substrate, a backing, a fabric, a textile, which is going to mimic leather. Uh-huh. And, um, and that is mm-hmm. plant-based. Of course, within the formulation, we have to rely on chemistry. I mean, chemistry isn't bad. What is bad is toxic chemistry applied in daily, in daily uh, use products, which we know is harming not just uh, our health, but also the environment. Mm-hmm. So all the chemistry that we used apart from plant-based materials, it's safe and uh, 100% certified, like uh, organic pigments and uh, additives and the cactus fiber and protein, and then we we do our our mix and end up with um, bioresin in house made, which is the the patent formulation that covers uh, let's say recycled cotton fabric 
which is enhancing the biodegradability altogether mm-hmm. and offering a real alternative to fox leather with a minimum environmental footprint. Okay, so basically you take recycled cotton, make a backing, and then your product is applied on top of that, just by simply stating the process. Is that correct? Yeah, in some of the lines we have, because we have other lines in which cactus is not just uh, present in the in the bioresin, but also in the textile. So uh, we have uh, many developments going on right now, and um, the aim is to replace as much as possible all synthetics and fabrics with high environmental impact and replace them with cactus content or fibers to even lower the the footprint of final goods. Mm-hmm. And how versatile is the product? So I can make a handbag out of it, I can make a boot out of it, I can make a shoe out of it, or is it just limited? Is it as versatile as leather? I can make a car seat and a fine stiletto. Yes. When we launched the material one year ago, almost 10 months ago in Italy, we start with only one version of the Certo materials and it was made for the fashion industry especially for bags for wallets for belts this kind of leather accessories then we start to know that all different kind of industries were asking for for the certain materials in their applications so we keep we keep working and developing the alternative for these new areas this new industry and now we have different kind of version, as Edward mentioned before, that can fit the needs of the footwear industry, the fashion industry, in bags, in wallets, also in the automotive industry. Now we are involved. So we can customize 100% the material to the fits of the client or the application. So now these different five lines of materials that we have can fit almost any industry. Uh, and the one that we keep working on is in the aeronautics industry, that in the steps we are, we are almost getting the, the good results for that. It comes in various colors and textures. I can make it look like leather with some grains and or have it really smooth, you know, like a patent leather. So all, it can be changed, yeah. right? Yes, as mentioned before, the material is 100% customized. So the client can ask for any color. We can mimic any Pantone color. And as a finishing, we can develop any texture or any feeling in the outside of the material. And it can be cleaned like you would clean a vinyl? Not really, because uh, we are talking about a highly organic material here. And so, like, for example, if you use a solvent or a, a rush cleaner on a vinyl, it, it is very resistant. It is a, it is a plastic, right? But uh, if, for example, you use this, those same like uh, corrosive solvent-based cleaners into your skin, you will get irritated. The, is the same concept ensure a large lifespan of our material mm-hmm. is just use a soft cloth uh, humid with, with water and never use solvent-based cleaners or conventional cleaners for it. It is very easy to be clean. I mean, if there's like food spills or, or, or water spills, is you just need a, a soft cloth, uh, preferable of cotton and with water, you can clean it, no problem. It is not going to penetrate the material. And so it's very easy to clean in that sense. Is So the general rule is 
to take care of it as it, it was your skin, as it has a high organic content. And it's as durable as leather. In, it really depends like um, how well you treat your product. And But in terms of longevity, I wouldn't say that it is as durable as leather, but it is very durable. It, it gets close. I mean, we have performed aging tests on our materials, which consist of chambers, specialized equipments, Uh, creating a harsh atmosphere with about 90% humidity rates and uh, high temperatures, like as much as 70 centigrade. And uh, you can mimic in a 10, 15, 20 years how the material is going to behave and how long it's going to last. And we have done aging tests of 10, 15, 20 years, and the material handles these conditions pretty well. It is the lab test that currently in the industry is used to know like um, how long it's going to take. But as I mentioned, if, for example, your, your leather, your high leather products are not well taken care of, it will get affected much more b before you imagine. And the same thing is going to happen with ours if you use solvents to clean it Or if, the, for example, the manufacturer uses solvents in the production process, then some complications can happen. And it costs, the price point, the cost of your vegan leather is comparable to the animal leather or is it more expensive? Because very often for things to be sustainable, you have to go through special processes which have not yet scaled up often. They cost more than what is available to us right now. Yes. Well, sometimes when an innovation comes, so it's normal that the prices go high because, because the investment in these kind of innovations Now we are in an industrial capacity of production, so we could reduce prices, so we could reduce cost. Now our prices are the same as a high-quality fox leather and maybe the same as uh, animal leather. So talking of prices, we're in a competitive range of prices. And, uh, and, and a good thing is that we do not ask for MOQs for smaller brands or medium brands. We always keep uh, our own stock to provide the, the designers or the students, smaller brands, to to achieve this kind of materials in a small quantities. Mm -hmm. So that was my next question, because many times, many of the other vegan brands, they require the companies to buy 10,000, 5,000 square meters of the material or, or even square feet for that matter. So what we think is sustainable, you have to make so many pieces as it becomes inaccessible to smaller brands who are trying to trying to create things. So what would be your minimums that, uh, or do you just sell it by the yard or the meter? Right. Um, we have a, a stock of our standard products, which anybody can buy for as low as uh, one meter. Um, that's, the, <laughs> that's the minimum. We know that the, the fashion industry um, is doing a transition towards uh, sustainability, but we are convinced that young generation, emerging designers, emerging brands are the biggest drivers of these changes. Uh, they are the ones that uh, in a few years are going to be in the market, in the industry. And so we, they already have the mindset of sustainability and they know what that means. 
um, it, it is, you know, sustainability. Sometimes the, the, the meaning is very wide and not objective. There are so many different angles or, of looking at it. But what we believe in is on responsible innovation, responsible in sense of taking care of the environment, taking care of the value chain, taking care of your employees, uh, reducing transportation energy emissions etc the use of chemicals and using responsibilities and so in this sense we wanted to help to help people that are just starting their journey and uh, give them the possibility to acquire plant-based materials at a fair price at a low volume so they can start their job their their works their designs and um, and that was the main reason now, of course, uh, the companies, companies most in most scenarios, they they order, they incur their own custom products. In customization, the the terms are different. We have minimums because that implies the to run the production line, and to run the production line, you can't run it for to produce ten meters, right? Mm-hmm. But that's something that's something industrial. is is it's it's a part of us investing in a stock. To be available for everybody. So you've won several awards, and recently also you won international awards. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. A few months ago, in February, we were into a into a competition in Germany that was called Green Product Award. It was a, a competition for materials in the materials category because this award was in different categories. So the certain was participating in the materials and we were awarded with this with this award in with the CERTA competing with more than 50 countries that were sharing their innovation and their materials to the industry so it was like sharing a solution for different kind of industry and the award was for the best solution this war was in February of this year in Munich Germany and the last award we won was in in Monte Carlo, Monaco, last month, that it was the Sustainable Fashion Award 2020. In this category, we were competing with more than 16 different countries in Asia, in Europe, and America. And it was about design, about fashion, and about sustainability. The material who has more, more, more positive aspects to share to the environment, and, and well, we also won this award. This, this last month and we are really happy and, and it's a really honor for us to win this, these two international awards. So what about funding? How did you fund this whole operation? The research and now the large-scale manufacturing plant that you have? Well, it, it, it wasn't easy at all as Marte and I are the sole founders of the company. We had to rely at the beginning on personal uh, savings and then support from family, friends, and of course, support from uh, a wide range of uh, people to make it happen. And so we have kept it that way since then. And uh, the company has um, came out very well. It's uh, it's doing great in that sense. And we always destinate a percentage of each uh, profit to R&D as we are committed to keep uh, researching and developing, taking our materials further, and um, as as we we are committed with sustainability, and uh, we we believe in, in our company that innovation is the is is the spirit 
of our company and is it is the it is the, how it it came to reality what are your next steps where do we go from here now we are in a position where we are exporting to different countries around the world different continents so we figured out that some countries pay a lot in shipping costs because we're far away for example from australia from china europe so what we want to do what we want to ship is open our own warehouse around the world so the first one we want to to open is in europe and the second one is in asia this is only to help to reduce the shipping cost to reduce the logistics cost for clients and make it easier for everybody and more affordable. And where can I buy a, a meter of your material? Do I come to you directly or do you have distributors in different countries? In, in our website, there is a, a sales contact. So it's www.desertowithdoublees.com.mx and then um, you can email us and say, hey, I need, a, for example, a swatch book. So you send the address and then we send the samples and after if the available material not subjected to minimum order quantities is suitable for your applic- for your applications, then you just have to request one, two, three, five meters and our sales uh, staff is going to follow up and send it directly from Mexico. Now, um, that's, that's how we operate right now, although we have some customers out there that they have purchase uh, our material for reselling purposes. So there are some other uh, companies which are offering the Certo as well already in other continents. All businesses have a risk. Um, and from what you've described, the cactus is a very hardy plant. But is it prone to diseases or pests that could damage your one-year supply? And, and you, you are committed to not using any pesticides too, right? That's right. That's correct. We will never use pesticides or herbicides in our organic plantations. And, um, of course, as it is a plant, it is uh, at risk of, um, of plagues and, and uh, problems. But um, plagues that could affect our harvests are, are not in, present in Mexico. There are some... Uh, in Latin America and in other places, and um, and of course there is a risk that it can reach us eventually and and affect our fields. But we have a very a very specialized and group of experts at the agricultural fields, which they know how to handle these plagues with natural techniques. So we are confident that if we ever face this kind of problem. We can solve it with nature, not, not, we can solve it working with nature, not against it. Thank you, Adrian and Marte, for coming on Mindful Businesses. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If you're a creator of a mindful brand or would like to recommend a mindful brand to be featured on our show, send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram page. If you learned a thing or two from this episode, share it with a friend. We recorded this podcast in Lafayette, Indiana. Tatum Gale composed the music for this podcast. This is Vidya Ayer for Mindful Businesses.